Welcome to AFQ's Financial Power Podcast, building your financial power one segment at a time. And I'm your host, James Dickerson, Director of Member Experience here at Atlantic Financial. And I'm your co-host, Brian Peller, Certified Credit Union Financial Counselor and Business Development Coordinator here at AFQ. This week, we're talking about credit repair, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're talking all about it today, so let's get started. All right, Brian, this week's question comes from Chuck in Perry Hall. He's wondering, uh, he's he's got some problems with his credit. He's got some old things on there. He's looking to get rid of them. And he's been looking around on the internet and has seen a lot about credit repair. Uh, and he's wondering what that is, how it works, and you know, does he have to pay for it? That's an interesting question. And you know, I think uh, here at the credit union, we, we take a slightly different view and believe there's a lot of things you can do to fix your credit and work on your credit, but not necessarily use a credit repair company. But Jimmy, I know that you've done some research on this topic. Uh, so what have you found out about what makes a good credit repair company? Brian, I think it's really important when we're talking about credit repair that we draw a line between what is credit repair and what is credit counseling, because those are two very different things. Um, credit repair companies typically are going to do things for you that you as a consumer can do for yourself. What do I mean by that? Uh, they're going to dispute uh, negative information on your credit report for you. They're going uh, to try and have inquiries removed from your credit or collections removed from your credit. Um, they might remove negative or late payments from your credit. Uh, and they're going to do that following the same process that you can as a consumer by submitting disputes through the credit bureau or contacting your creditors to try and work out an agreement to remove some of those things. Um, all of these things can be done on your own. Now, uh, you might ask yourself, why does somebody want to use a credit repair company? Uh, maybe they just don't have the time or the, the knowledge to do that, or they just aren't confident enough in their ability to, to, to accomplish that on their own. But I think that it's really important that you make sure that whatever, if you decide that you're going to use a credit repair company, that you find somebody who is reputable. Because there's a lot of companies out there that are, are, are scams, uh, that are going to take your money with no guarantee that they're actually going to accomplish anything. And, you know, it can be very, very, very expensive. Yeah, Jimmy, what would you say, um, what, what can a credit, what, let me rephrase that, what can, what cannot, what, <laughs> all right, so we're going to start this question over, so, mm -hmm. all right, ready? What are some things that credit repair companies cannot do? What are some things that credit repair companies cannot do? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, it's it's difficult to answer that because they can do whatever is allowed with inside the law. So, um, you know, a lot of credit repair companies might advertise that they'll get your bankruptcy removed from your credit or a foreclosure removed from your credit, and uh, that is, while not one hundred percent untrue, not likely. So uh, those things are what we call public records, meaning that they're housed in the county or the city or the or the. Um, the federal courthouse, and those are reported to the credit bureau through those public records and not necessarily from a lender. Now, there are some situations where uh, when you submit a dispute to the credit bureau, they have a certain amount of time to legitimize your dispute. So that means that when you submit a dispute, they only have 30 or 45 days. I can't remember the exact number, Brian. Maybe you do. 30. Okay. They have 30 days to legitimize that that inquiry or that item on your credit report. And if they can't legitimize it, then they have to remove it. Now, if 
we all know how courthouses work and we all know how, you know, how, how behind they are, especially now in the days of COVID. So um, you might submit a, a dispute to the credit bureau and they don't get legitimate. They don't, they're unable to legitimize the, the uh, inquiry or the negative item and it gets removed from your credit report. But it's the government. So your, your foreclosure or your bankruptcy will eventually come back. Uh, right. Because they're public record, they're they're, they're going to be re-reported to the bureau, and they're going to be re-legitimized on your credit report. So you could pay, uh, you know, five hundred dollars or more sometimes for a credit repair company to submit a dispute that you can dispute on your own, uh, and it get removed temporarily, and then it come back later. Yeah, I think that was that was my point. Is like, what are some of the red flags? If you see a company advertising those kinds of things, they're probably best to avoid those companies because, you know, the more grand of a um, message they give out of what they can do, the more likelihood that you're going to be wasting some money. I, th I think it's, it's like anything else. So any other service you buy, you have to do your research before you buy the service. Um, but with that being said, there are a lot of things you can do on your own. And, and there are probably, uh, well, not probably. There are eight things I would like to go over today that do's and don'ts in order to help you do it yourself. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. And I think that if you're investigating credit repair, the best option is to try it on your own first. And if you're not finding success, then reach out and find some support. But but trying it yourself first is the best option. So before I get into these eight do's and don'ts, I do want to start off by saying the first thing you should do that's not on this list that I put together is to attend one of our credit webinars or watch our YouTube video of our pre-recorded uh, credit webinar where we don't go through all of these, but we at least go over what, what is in you know your credit report. So, and that's number one. The number one thing is do review your credit reports. So as you know, you're entitled to a free annual credit report from all three major credit bureaus. Make sure to review these for accuracy. If you are listed as an authorized uh, purchaser on someone else's card, their card may also appear on your credit report. Jimmy, anything to add? I think that it's important to recognize that, yes, an authorized user may appear on your credit report. You're not financially responsible for that debt. Uh, however, if they're not making their payments, it can adversely affect your credit score. So having those removed is important. Yep. Number two, do dispute any errors and old unfavorable information. Uh, file a dispute with the respective credit bureaus for any errors you discover. Additionally, if there is old, unfavorable information that is more than seven years old, you can dispute it and request to have it removed because it is old. Keep in mind, certain types of unfavorable information, like a bankruptcy or a judgment, can stay on your report for at least 10 years. And I think, Jimmy, in our credit class, we talk about if there's a collection on your report, um, it can get sold and sold and sold again and, and remain on your credit report for quite a long time. You're absolutely right, Brian. And one of the things that I've learned since then is that there are some ways that you can dispute some of these collections. Um, you know, asking for documentation of the collection, uh, if it's been sold multiple times, they may no longer have that documentation uh, through the sale, through the sale, through the sale. And if they aren't able to document the collection, then you can, in some cases, have it removed from your credit. That doesn't release you from the responsibility of paying it, but it may remove it from your credit report, at least temporarily. So that's something to consider uh, if you've had a collection move from multiple agencies. 
All right. Number three is do continue to make on-time payments. Always make sure to pay at least the minimum amount due on your credit accounts on time. Drawing so only um, not only gradually lowers the balance, but also prevents late payments, which could ding your credit score. And as we talk about all the time, uh, late payment fees and you know interest is all wasted money to you. So we, we want to avoid as much of that as possible. You're right, Brian. And I think that if you can't, if you can make your minimum payment on everything, you should. Uh, you should not make a minimum payment on something just to make a larger payment on something else because the detriment to your credit report is going to be pretty significant. But if you're finding yourself in a situation where you can't make the minimum payment on everything, you need to be in contact with those creditors to try and negotiate a different payment arrangement. And through that negotiation, you can also try and negotiate that they report to your credit bureau as the payment is on time. Now, not all creditors are willing to do that, but um, if you have if you work with your creditor, they'll work with you. So have, have conversations around, I'd like to reduce my payments because I'm having a difficult time making them, but I'd also like for you to report it as on time to my credit report. Absolutely. Um, so number four is don't expect immediate results. Creditors typically report to the credit bureaus every 30 to 60 days. So it can take a while before your report and score are updated. And that, that's you know something we also preach a lot is patience. Um, you didn't get you didn't get into a financial mess overnight, and you're not going to be able to get out of it overnight. Um, so just have some patience. Uh, yes, Brian, patience is absolutely a virtue, uh, and it is one that I am not in possession of. Uh, I just pay you. You know, I, I paid off my car, and I check my credit report every day to see if my car pay, my car loan's been paid off. And it's been about 21 days, and it's still not showing as paid off. So you're you're right on the nose when you say you know 30 to 60 days before something's going to update on your report. Yes, <laughs> I've I've learned to have patience for both of us. Okay, now moving on. Number five: Do enroll in free credit monitoring. There are several free credit monitoring services available that allow you to see changes to your credit score, uh, lets you see inquiries and other data. Make sure to enroll in at least one of these so you can keep a watchful eye on what is being reported. Yes, uh, and I'm going to say yes, but on this on this line, uh, and I'm going to say that because of this. Um, I, how many times today, Brian, do you and I both hear? Well, my credit karma says my score is blank. Right. And their yes. score doesn't match when we pull it. Um, credit monitoring services are awesome. Um, I use credit karma myself. Uh, I also use um, Experian has a, has, a, has a free service that you can use. I use both of those. Um, however, when I look at them, I'm looking at them for score fluctuation, not for actual score. So when my score goes up, my score is in fact going up. When my score goes down, my score is in fact going down. But the number that they're providing me is not necessarily going to be the number whenever I go anywhere to pull it. Um, because there are several different models when it comes to your credit report. There are several different bureaus that report your credit. And all of them use different mathematical equations that are far beyond my scope of understanding as a person uh, to explain, but because those equations are different, the score is going to be different everywhere you go. You could pull your report the same day at three different institutions and get three completely different scores because they're using different models. So don't take that score to heart. 
uh, as a number, but definitely look at those things because if your score is going up through those services, your score is moving in the right direction everywhere else too. Absolutely. And, you know, and that is the, the thing is you're, you're right. You're looking for a guide, not the actual number. Um, and if you're borderline between fair and good or good and excellent, you, it gets tricky, but you know, unfortunately you're right. There's three credit bureaus. They all have, and then within those credit bureaus, depending on what software the uh, lender is using, there are different models of, of numbers there too. So it is, it can be quite difficult to nail down that number at any one time, but the trends are what you're looking for. Number six, don't apply for new credit. And we talk about this a lot. If you're trying to improve your credit situation, it's those inquiries uh, that will, will get you. So be careful. Um, only open new credit accounts when they can be beneficial or are needed. For instance, you can get an introductory um, 0% interest rate on balance transfers and could use that to pay off several of your higher interest uh, rate cards. Things like that. When you are when you're doing debt consolidation uh, and being able and looking to be able to save money and have lower monthly payments, that's the time to apply for new credit when you're trying to get your credit score improved. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Brian, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to credit inquiries. Um, many people have gone to a car dealership and been told, oh, we pull your report you know, you can pull your report as many times as you want in one day, and it only counts as one inquiry. And that's just untrue. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's only a certain number of those pulls are going to impact your score. But it's not like it's only going to be affected as if it were one. Each of those pulls is a separate inquiry on your credit report. So when you go to a dealership and they're applying for a vehicle, oftentimes they submit your credit to six or seven different places all at once. And all six or seven of them are pulling your credit report separately. So that's six or seven inquiries in one day. And while your score may only be impacted, you know, by three of those inquiries, you're still going to have seven inquiries on your credit report, uh, seven different pulls on your credit. So um, it's, it's not necessarily true that it's not going to affect your score to pull it multiple times. Yes. And not, and not to get off topic here, but when going to buy a car, we always think it's much better to go to your financial institution and get pre-approved. Then you have a lot more power at the dealership, but that's for another podcast. So let's go on with number seven. And that is don't close credit accounts with zero balances. Uh, uh, the mistake people make after paying off some of their credit cards is closing accounts. Don't do this as the age of the accounts does factor into your credit score. Rather, don't use the cards to keep uh, the balances at zero. So I'm going to have a caveat here too. And that is very, very true what I just said. Um, but if those cards that you paid off and now are at zero balance that has an annual fee, you may want to consider closing them. Yes, you will take a hit to your credit. It won't be a huge one, but you will take a, a hit that over a few months will work its way out. But again, I'm, I'm on, I have two things when I'm counseling people, and that is saving them money and improving their credit. And wasting money on annual fees on cards you're not using and really having an annual fee on any credit card is a waste of money as far as I'm concerned, but it is what it is. Um, 
I, I'm okay with you closing those accounts. I was going to add that caveat if you didn't, Brian. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you're paying a monthly fee or an, or an annual fee, you know, you, the benefit to your credit does not outweigh the cost that you're paying in that fee. Right now, um, I, here's what I will say. If the only cards you have are annual fee credit cards, we need to establish some payment history on another card that does not have an annual fee before we close those credit cards. Because if we just close everything and you have no open active credit, your score will become a zero or a no credit reported score, uh, which can make it more, more and more difficult to get additional credit in the future. So if you're the person who has two credit cards, both of which have an annual fee, you know, find yourself a low rate, no monthly fee, no annual fee credit card, get that card, you know, keep it for six to to 12 months and then close those annual fee credit cards uh, when you've established some payment history on that new card. Absolutely. And, and I think that leads right into number eight, the last tip here in the do's and don'ts of repairing your credit. Don't avoid credit, ha which may sound counterintuitive to what, everything we just said, but having credit is how you build a credit history and score. It is a good idea to have different types of credit, including a credit card, an unsecured signature loan, an auto loan, a mortgage, what have you. A mix of various types of credit is good for your credit score. By using um, a credit, you know, by using common sense and going through these do's and don'ts, you should be able to start down the road to um, getting a better credit score. But if you're having difficulty or if you're if you're just confused, please reach out to the financial counselors at AFQ. Uh, I am one of them. There are um, two others on staff right now. Plus, we have the outside resources of a large, large company called Coffee. That's another not-for-profit financial counseling service that's free for our members. So um, please use us if you're having the, those issues or if you're having questions about your credit. Absolutely. And I think I just want to add one thing that we sort of touched on in the beginning, Brian, and that's credit repair versus credit counseling. Uh, and what's the difference, right? Credit repair, again, they're going to be doing the same things that you can do as a consumer and charging you sometimes quite a bit of money to do them. Uh, credit counseling, on the other hand, is much different. And it's much more similar to what Brian does as a, as a credit union uh, a certified credit union financial counselor. And that is that they're going to work with you to implement plans to improve your credit situation and to improve your, improve your overall financial situation. Uh, there's an agency called the National Association of Certified Credit Counselors that, that licenses these folks uh, and it, or certifies these folks, I should say. Uh, and they have a code of ethics and they follow certain standards and they have training before they are able to do all these things. Uh, counter to the credit repair agencies where they don't have to have any licenses or certifications and it can just be some guy, you know, sending off disputes for you or not and charging you money to do it. Uh, so finding the right partner to support you through those things is uh, the best place to start if you need help. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 
All right, Chuck. Well, I hope that answered your questions. Uh, if you have more questions, definitely feel free to reach out to us here at the credit union. We can at least point you in the right direction or get you started with an appropriate plan and give you all those tools and resources that Brian talked about today. Uh, and we're happy to answer any questions that anybody else might have as well. Yes. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, once again, a, a great way to, um, to fix your credit is to attend our Understanding Credit webinar. So one last plug for that. And I can't wait to talk to you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you soon, Brian. Thanks. Well, that's it, AFQ family. Thank you so much for joining us today. Links for everything we discussed will be included in the episode description. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment and a rating. And don't forget to follow us on social. You can submit your own question by emailing marketing at afq.org and you might even be featured in a future episode. Join us in two weeks for our one-year anniversary show as we look back over this crazy year. We'll help you figure it all out right here on AFQ's Financial Power Podcast. See you soon.